Hello, and welcome to The Call of Pop. My name is Brian Stevens, and with me I have two special guests. First, you know him as a regular. I'm Drew Mascherelli. And I believe this is her second time on. I'm Paloma Gonzalez. This is your second guest appearance, correct, Paloma? Yes, it is. Welcome back. Uh, I thought we had scared you off forever, but apparently not. I mean, I'm living with Drew right now. If that doesn't scare me off, nothing will. Well, so you haven't committed suicide. That's good. <laughs> uh, I'm close. It's soon going to turn into a, an invisible man situation. <laughs> but I'm the invisible man. If you see news reports of my death. No, I'm the invisible man. Oh, you're the invisible woe man. Woe man. Uh, well, if you haven't guessed already, we are here today to, we're going to review the invisible man. Um, but first I have an email to read and we're going to talk a little bit about my, you saw this, you guys saw this in a the theater, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little bit about my viewing experience at home and, uh, what this might mean for the future of cinema. Um, you can always email the podcast called pop at gmail.com. That's called with a K, uh, follow us on Twitter at called a pop, facebook.com slash called a pop. And that's it for all the plugs. All right. This email comes in from a long-time listener, Will, and he says, Hey, Call of Poppers, I listened to a couple of your recent episodes, and I wanted to ask a few questions. Uh, The first was mm, specifically for Drew. Drew, you seem to be a huge fan of music, and you did an episode where you mentioned some of your favorite bands. But is there a certain style or genre that you always go to, especially in the time of a quarantine? Uh, and I'll stop it there because he has another question um, that we'll address in a minute. So is there a specific genre that you go to during quarantine? Um, You know, I go back to old favorites. I made a playlist recently of just like like weird experimental hip hop that I like. Um, that's one. That makes me sound pretentious. Uh, I don't like the way <laughs> I said that. Um, but you know, experimental hip hop, like a hundred gets. Yeah, not a hundred. I'm not like other girls. Uh, you know, the new Peach Pit album comes out tonight. That's going to take up a lot of oh, my uh, nice. airtime. Planning on listening to that after we record this. Drops at midnight. Um, but yeah, you know, just going back to old favorites because not a lot has released recently that I've been super excited for and just like going through what Spotify recommends me trying to find new stuff. Paloma, how about you? Is there a go-to genre that you've been listening to over this, uh, lockdown? I'll have to give a shout out to angry skater boy music. Um, Oh, nice. Um, because I feel like it, it captivates the essence of everyone being angry and sad right now. I, I fell off a skateboard the other day and really hurt my ass. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I bought a skateboard from Target and thought it was going to try to learn to kickflip, and it hasn't gone well so far. I I encouraged him not to do this, <laughs> and I have been vindicated. You pleaded with him, please don't hurt yourself. We don't yep. want to go to the hospital. Drew, no, right now is not the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Drew, come on. I'm young. I'm indestructible. <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, baby. I could take a bullet. Oh, I, you have, if, if I'm not mistaken, right? You've taken a couple bullets, right? Oh, several. For this podcast. And for Paloma. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, well, maybe he's speaking metaphorically. No, when he sees a spider, I have to kill it. Oh, I, listen. I mean, I'm sh- I, we had other questions from Will. Right? <laughs> Wait, 
we're way off, off the rails right now, but that's what we do on this podcast. I'm, I am severely arachnophobic. Um, I, well, I just want to throw out uh, my listening. So I, I stumbled upon a, um, a, a new, mu- a new musician for me. Um, I'm not a country music fan. In fact, I really dislike country music. Um, man, I, 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 I'm just gonna leave it there. Don't send your hate mail, send it to Drew. Um, but there's a, um, I, I don't know exactly, I don't know how to, it, it's, it is country music, but it's, uh, American troubadour country, I guess, Americana. Um, the band's called, um, the Lost Dog Street Band and the front man's Benjamin Todd. And it's a, it's it's a lot of uh, sad songs about hopping trains, uh, being an alcoholic, smoking cigarettes, um, overdosing on drugs, um, you know, really uplifting stuff. Um, and somehow I've I've nestled into to that. That's what you've been up to. Yeah, right. Um, it has made me think uh, a lot about like, man, I could hop a train. And probably nobody would care at this point. Uh, <laughs> There's you know. no laws anymore. Yeah, it's 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 a wild. Definitely models. not your wife and son. <laughs> they would. Uh, my wife probably wouldn't miss me at this point. To be honest to you, um, <laughs> I uh, I have one other uh, musician to mention here that I've been into recently. Her, her name is Kate Bollinger. It's like kind of lot like hotel lobby jazz pop kind of music. It's kind of hard to describe. Um, but she's been like gaining traction on like streaming services recently. And I think people should check her out. Interesting. Uh, I Googled Kate Bollinger and the first thing that popped up was uh, a student at MIT. Um, so it's maybe, um, mispronouncing her name. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Um, (laughs) so then the rest of, I, I accidentally closed Will's email, but the rest of it, I'll just summarize, um, from, from memory he wanted to know if we could do a film filmtology on the young guns um which are you familiar with young guns i am not uh paloma me neither uh emilio estevez is is billy the kid uh it's loosely based on uh the story of billy the kid I, i i don't i've seen the movie a few times um more than a few times but it's essentially a western but it has like modern day music uh the bon jovi song steel horse is featured prominently in the film so um yeah sure we can do a filmtology on, so it's like the uh the jay-z needle drops and the great gatsby yes <laughs> that's a great great comparison actually we ought to do one of those on uh the jackass franchise deeply passionate about that saga um to just to kind of get off the rails a little bit uh again you you you're, you're doing this you brought up jackass are you familiar with cameo do you know what cameo is the the app yes where yes. you can request a, a, a d or c list maybe b list celebrity to um give a message to one of your friends um my coworker is her her one of her favorite movies is um I can't remember what it's called now. Just, oh, I am terrible. Um, that whole group of people, the jackass people, but as Biz Bam and, and Ryan Dunn, they did a movie um, prior to jackass. It was just, it was like an actual movie. So anyways, I got her a cameo of Bam Margera and um, I will find it after the podcast over and play it for you guys. So you guys can hear it. Um, it is um, 
it's it's quite amazing. He he's doing it on a plane. He's reading it on a plane. Uh, it was it was phenomenal. But anyways, we should just pay for a really long Bam Margera cameo and have him guest on the podcast. That dude, I would totally do that. I I mean, if he get, I he's or I can just do Steve O voice, and you can pretend like you got him. <laughs> can you do the Steve O voice? Probably not. I've never tried. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought this was an impression that you were good at. Oh, okay. Anyways, so yes, will we will do a filmtology on Young Guns at some point? I promise. I'm not going to say uh, you know anytime soon. This it'll be up tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, don't write. What is it? Don't write checks your ass can't cash, Drew. How about that? That's uh, what I'm always saying. We we need to get you on a filmtology episode sometime. I would love to. Yeah, uh, maybe it will be for the for the Jackass oh, trilogy. Maybe um, maybe Resident Evil filmtology. Resident Evil, okay, or that. Um, so the last question. <laughs> this is a take a long time to get through an e- this email. Um, he he mentioned, uh, is there any good zombie movies that he should watch during this apocalypse? And um, I mean, uh, are you a zombie film fanatic? Either of you two? I'm a big fan of the twenty eighteen. Is it eighteen? I don't know what you're about to say. 2018, I think. 2018 <laughs> Disney Channel original oh, movie, Jesus. Zombies. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. And the, the 2020 sequel, Zombies 2. So much so, I had a Zombies 2 watch party on the day it came out with all of my friends. Okay, um, so you're recommending this to Will, right? I'm recommending this to everyone. <laughs> okay. It's on Disney Plus, I believe. It's on Disney Plus. Both of them are. They are great entertainment if you have children they'll probably like it if if you know if if i'm not mistaken isn't this about there zombies that go to school and stuff yes okay. so it's like zombies start to go to school in like a normal people's school and people are racist towards them. it's a very racist movie no <laughs> it's about solving racism but then through, the second one they bring it back through zombieism mm-hmm. correct okay yeah, interesting. Okay, um, Drew, you, you, you. Uh, you know, I mentioned Resident Evil already. We've only watched the first two so far. We got to continue this marathon, but weirdly prophetic in a lot of uncomfortable ways. Um, Paul W. S. Anderson, uh, you know, ahead of his time with a lot of the things. I, I, I'm, I swear to God, I'm being serious when I say that. Um, you know, very allegorical about the rise of big tech and. Uh, the second one deals with you know, city in quarantine. Um, and they're also just campy fun and like weird relics of like the strange early 2000s action horror genre. Yeah, Underworld um, that, that like falls into all those categories for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then non-zombie movie that is probably like not even worth recommending because everyone's seen it. But I think The Thing is essential mm. quarantine viewing if you're stuck in a house with a bunch of people. Interesting. Nice. Um, I, I love the Resident Resident Evil video games. They're some of my favorite video games. Uh, not a big fan of the movies, um, surprisingly. Um, I, I say that. Give them another shot. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I've actually wanted to watch them all through because I haven't seen like the last three. There's like six of them, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen like the first three, I think. Um, I'm going to throw a movie out there that is it's, uh, kind of timely, and I literally just watched it uh, maybe a week ago. Um, and that's carriers or no, not, sorry, not, I, I mentioned carriers last time. Uh, the crazies. Have you, are you familiar oh, with the crazies? Is this the original or remake? The remake. I actually have never seen the George A. Romero original. Is it George A. Romero that did the original? 
Probably. Crazies. I, um, I'll look. I'm gonna look that up. The original. We'll have um, our producer check it out. Yeah. Um, Jamie, can you check that out for me? <laughs> um, uh, no. So I watched the remake, the 2010 remake with uh, Rita Mitchell and um, T- Timothy Oliphant. Um, George Romero. Yes, he did the original. Um, I've never seen the original, but the remake. I actually really like that movie. Have you Have you seen the remake? Have either of you seen the remake? I have not, but I almost bought it from Target a couple times, and it was like four dollars, and didn't. So maybe I should have. I also have not seen it. It's uh, it's not like it's not anything that's gonna turn your your world upside down. But it, for for a quarantine movie, it's kind of fun, and it's a little different feel on the zombie movie. It's people actually go crazy, and it's caused by a virus that's in so that's why they call it that yeah and it's a it's a virus and it turns people crazy um yeah so hopefully will the answer your questions thank you for the email again you can always email the podcast at called of pop at gmail.com all right guys um i watched the invisible man uh drew you're gonna have to remind me what it's called again um on amazon prime and i'm sure it's called something similar on iTunes and um, or Apple Movie, whatever. What's it called again, Drew? Uh, Prime Video Cinema. Prime Video Cinema. So I think there's, I want to say there's eight movies right now. On, I have the there. list open if you want me to read Yes, it. do it, do okay. it, please. Yes, Got thank you. Onward, the Disney Pixar, uh, I Still Believe, that's the KJ Appa Christian rock movie, mm. The Invisible Man, The Way Back, The Hunt, Birds of Prey, I'm not going to read the full title, Emma and oh, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Bloodshot, Call of the Wild. There we go. That's the full list. Um, so I wouldn't say any of those movies, with the exception of Birds of Prey, really were setting the box office on fire. Invisible Man, probably Sonic did surprisingly well. Did it? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, I I guess I didn't know that. I mean, I had no desire to see that movie. Did you see Sonic? Oh, we saw it together. Okay. Yes. Did you guys like it? Yeah. See a lot of okay. Yeah. I, I really wish they stuck with the original design for Sonic because it would have made it at least like disturbing. Mm. Um, it feels like a like a Nickelodeon movie that would have come out in 2005. It's not funny or weird enough to justify spending the time or money watching it. Uh, That's right. We're doing a, a intelligent cultural critique no, of Sonic like, the Hedgehog. No, because like something like oh, Cats is disturbing enough where it's like, yeah, it's bad, but at least... You know, it has some appeal, and you can spend your time watching it, but Sonic was just unremarkable. There was, there's a couple funny Jim Carrey moments that I did really like, but he, like, killed his wife, so, you know. Yeah, it's... Allegedly. It's one of those things where it's really surprising that, um, that movie kind of buries Jim Carrey. Like, you know what I mean? He wasn't really in a ton of the, of the, uh, marketing going in to, to its release, and, uh... It just shows how far he's he's fallen. Um, but uh, so I think the the movie that I, outside of the Invisible Man, because I, I I would say looking at like um, Metacritic scores and um, Rotten Tomato scores, the Invisible Man is far and away considered the best movie out of all the that you listed. Um, you know, there's like uh, the Hunt and the Way Back, and there was Emma. I think are getting pretty good reviews. Um, Onward you liked, right? I liked Onward, yeah, and it got decent reviews. Um, which I think Onward was kind of a late ad- addition to that list. Um, but 
I I can't I I can't see myself paying twenty dollars for I I mean maybe the hunt just because that maybe really intrigues me um, because so much crap around it you know um, will you guys would you guys pay that much to see any of those movies see I got really excited when I found out that they were doing this because I wanted to see The Hunt and I was disappointed I couldn't. I was like, I'm going to rent The Hunt this weekend because I was figuring it would be like between 6 and $10 to rent it. But then I saw 20 and it's like, okay, I'll wait a couple months for this to actually drop in price. So I'm not... Because you're paying for the price of like owning the DVD. Right. Yeah. And renting it now. And I get that it's recent releases, but like Birds of Prey came out February, right? Late February, maybe yeah. early March. Um, the Invisible Man's been out for a while. Uh, Sonic's been out for a while. Call of the Wild has been out for a while. And I, I just feel like they probably could have made more money overall by charging less for each individual rental. Cause I feel like a lot of people are going to get very turned off by that asking price. And with stuff like Onward going to Disney plus in like a week. Yeah. I feel like if it was like five or $10, I would probably watch most of them yeah because you got nothing else to do like but i have when nothing it's else to do yes i will watch the kj abba christian rock movie <laughs> um but but i'm not gonna pay 20 dollars for it right and that's how that's how i felt too is like uh uh when i sat down my wife and i was like hey do you want to watch this movie and she was surprisingly said yes um i was shocked um and and i was like Twenty dollars. I, I was assuming it would be ten. I, I really did ten, and and even maybe like something you know weird number like twelve ninety nine, uh, something like a, about the price of a of a of a, of a theater ticket or something along that line. And yeah. you make a good point. It's like none of these movies are must see movies. They're not movies that would uh, the Invisible Man and um, po- possibly. Um, the hunt may have done well at the box office. I don't know. The Invisible Man did gangbusters at the box office already. It it it, it did 124 million worldwide, and that's with you know COVID 19 happening. And it also had a couple weeks in the box office. Like I think everybody who really wanted to see The Invisible Man has probably seen it, and nobody who hasn't seen it yet wants to see it enough to pay twenty dollars for a rental. Right. Exactly. Like, and when you're paying for a theater ticket, you can justify the like thirteen, fourteen dollars because you're going and sitting in a theater, and it's like nice sound a big screen if you're sitting at home like i think it's harder to justify that one-time purchase Yeah, especially when you have like all the movies on netflix and all the movies on amazon prime and like every streaming service available to you like why would you pay 20 dollars for something that's like fine and and i guess hbo just announced today too that they are um making all of their uh catalog free until uh, hbo max comes out in in may so yeah. for the whole month of april and, and part of may the entire hbo streaming catalog will be free um, free to like anybody without a subscription yeah yeah Shit, i should hop on that watch succession oh yeah it's it's amazing session the is, righteous gemstones i want to see uh there's there's a lot of i mean you know like you, i mean uh, i don't know about massachusetts but ohio's on lockdown until may 1st at least we it's you know it's been announced um so we have at least a month of not being able to do anything so you know if studios you know, I, I I expected them to do this with uh, the releases that they did. I understand them moving to something like Quiet Place Two and um, 
they just moved something else today to Black uh, Widow. Yeah, got they moved back. They got. I understand those, and I don't expect those to come to to video. Um, oh, the other thing they pushed back was um, Ghostbusters was slated for July. Yes, and they pushed that back to March. Yes, of 2021. 2021. Yeah, and you know I get that, but I think for some of these other releases, um, like a movie like Swallow. Have you heard of Swallow? The Haley Bennett. I have not. It's a small movie that was that literally was supposed to come out uh, in the beginning of March, um, and it obviously it was it maybe did it just nobody went and saw it because of what was happening. Release these movies, put them on like I'll pay six dollars to watch these movies, but I'm not paying twenty dollars to watch them. It's just not happening, I, and I can't imagine. I feel like if if people were really uh, spending the money on these, we would see numbers. They would be bragging about it. And I think that's uh, yeah. That's and you have well. like studios like Annapurna and A twenty four who are like don't release movies to a ton of fanfare generally unless it's like their two indie tentpoles of the year. Like you had Saint Maud coming, um, that has just been like delayed indefinitely. Not that it was like so one that I was like, cow. oh yeah, you're right. Um, oh yeah, the uh, Kelly Reichart. Um, and it's. You know, I feel like if they release those somewhere, like I'd pay ten dollars to see First Cow. It's a director I really like. It's a movie I was excited to see. Um, and or I don't know, like charge the price of a ticket or like I don't know. But it feels like twenty dollars is a, a a tall order for the films that they're putting out right now. So, what do you guys think this means for the future of of cinema and the film industry? I mean, it. it this seemed like an opportunity for them to kind of weasel their way into video on demand, but they may have flubbed it. Yeah. I mean, like I was working at a theater up until like the day Massachusetts decided to shut them all down. Um, and it was, you know, like last showtime was at six nobody was showing up. Um, and I, it's going to be hard for theaters to recover, I think, cause they already operate on such a narrow profit margin. And it's going to take a long time for people to, like, actually start going out and doing things again. Like, even if, like, cities come out of lockdown and uh, states come out of lockdown, it's not going to be an immediate recovery for a lot of businesses. And I think if people, especially looking with, like, people's employment not necessarily being stable um, in the coming months, they're not going to have, like, the expendable uh, income to throw at stuff like movie theaters and restaurants and stuff like that um and yeah i it'll be interesting to see what happens and it's it's strange because you look at like past recessions in history and you have like the great depression and the 2008 housing crisis and theaters were like the one recession proof industry but you have one now that's triggered by a a pandemic that's resulting in like hey you have to stay in your home and it's like a very fragile industry that I think we're going to see a lot of shutdowns. Yeah, I agree. Especially it sucks for the mom and pop um, theaters, the smaller chains. It's going to, it's going to be almost impossible for them to survive. I know um, like criterion was doing a fundraiser for like, there was like 150 independent theaters that they were like donating money to, to keep in business. That's really awesome. I mean, I've been giving Criterion ten dollars a month for like the last six six months. So, <laughs> yeah, um, Paloma, what are you, what are your thoughts uh, on, on this? Um, I think, as Drew said, it's going to be hard for them to recover, especially if they keep charging like fourteen dollars a ticket. Because, like, I don't think people are going to have the money to be able to pay that. 
um, like even after stuff starts back up. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to me because back home, the theater, I go to like a small theater chain in Spain that has like five theaters in total in Spain. <laughs> um, and they, like, if you're like a member of their program, which is free to join, tickets are like five dollars <laughs> or five oh, wow. euros. So it's just like wild to me because like a place like that won't really be as affected because people are going to be able to go like soon after stuff starts back up because you know they can pay five dollars to go to the movies right yeah but i you know a lot of people aren't going to be able to pay like 13 14 dollars to go see like whatever is in theaters yeah i think maybe like the uh, sorry brian i would say and we don't even really know I mean, I'm not trying. I, I don't want to lead this into a political discussion at all. But there is going to be some ramifications uh, as far as inflation and people trying mm-hmm. to recoup lost uh, money through mm-hmm. re- raised prices. So you know, we're assuming that prices are, are going to stay the same once we come out of this. But there's a, a chance that we're going to see ticket prices be inflated by two or three dollars. Yeah, and I I think for like the average consumer, that's just not a sustainable business model for these massive theater chains to run off of. And I think it's definitely going to test the the established like five major theater chains in the U.S. Because um, I I don't see how I mean for the longest time that's why ticket prices have gotten so high. It's because like a couple companies have decided like okay like fourteen dollars is the new standard. Then Showcase and Regal and AMC and Cinemark all decide to jack up their prices. Yeah, um, but I I can't see how that continues and i guess the hopeful thing is that you know maybe you see more theater chains like smaller theater chains like landmark or um i'm pretty sure people are mad at alamo for some reason about like not paying their employees employees yeah yeah so maybe not alamo i don't know i don't want to give an official endorsement (laughs) Um, drew said go to alamo he loves it also yeah go to regal cinemas uh they're not paying me my sick time (laughs) um Uh, no, yeah. I, so, I think, you know, maybe you see smaller theaters come back, but it's totally up in the air. It's impossible to predict anything later than like an hour after current time. So I have an Atlantic uh, article from uh, a couple weeks ago, it looks like. Yeah, two weeks ago-ish. Ten days, maybe. Eh, two weeks. We'll just go two weeks. Um, and it, at this point, the box office um, had reported uh, $4,300. Um it was basically it was like a handful of it was five percent of the country cinemas were open. It was just a few dollars for theater is basically what they were making at that point. Um, but the article and the main gist of the article was basically like um, it, the biggest spring blockbusters have already been postponed. Fast Fast and Furious Nine was bumped to next year. No Time to Die was moved to November. Mulan and Black Widow uh, have been delayed. Uh, Paramount sold the comedy Lovebirds to Netflix, and Wonder Woman um, was due out June 5th, but um, there is grumblings that it's going to be pushed back as well. But it says here, and maybe we missed this in the conversation somehow, but Trolls World Tour um, is set to come out April 10th, and they're going to release it uh, on demand for $20. For $20. Let's go. Um, Everyone's invited to a stand outside my living room window and watch Trolls World Trolls Tour with me. And we can all split it. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I'll screen share from my laptop. <laughs> I'm not. It's like one of those things where, you know, how much money are you going to make? There's all this free content. And I know we're just kind of going around and around, but it's just shocking to me that NBC Universal is saying, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to just do this thing. We're going to release this movie. It's going to be $20. We're going to try to make some money off of it. But like you guys mentioned, if you just if it was $10, okay, I'm probably not going to watch this movie. But guess what? My wife loved the first Trolls movie. And <laughs> there's a chance if she was like, if she was like, what do you think? $10? I would probably be like, you know what? Watch it for ten dollars, twenty dollars. She's not gonna watch. She and I'm definitely not gonna be okay with that. Come on, and it's you have all these movies coming to Disney. Disney has just decided they're gonna let everything roll out for free eventually. Um, Toy Story Four is already free yeah. on Disney Plus. So, um, unfortunately, I think um, what you're gonna see, Drew and Paloma, is. I think you're going to see corporations like Disney, uh, maybe Time Warner, Spectrum, whoever the hell owns that company now, buying up some of these chains that aren't going to be able to make it. That's been the thought for a while, and it's like it needed something to kind of push it and give it some momentum, and I think this is it. I think you're right, unfortunately. All right, let's – you guys want to move on and review uh, Invisible Man? Let's do it. Yes. So – I'm not, I don't really want to do a non-spoiler section, uh, really, because I don't really want to do the editing. So briefly, just before we go into spoilers, just um, Paloma starts out. Um, did you like this movie? Uh, I really, really liked it. And you would recommend it? I would recommend it to mostly everyone. And Drew? Yeah, I think it's... um. It's really cool. I think a lot of the like the action set pieces that they do in the third act are super interesting. Um, I want to see a behind the scenes doc on it because a lot of the just like horror moments too are. I I cannot imagine how much of a nightmare this movie was to shoot. So yeah, uh, I mean maybe not for twenty dollars. Maybe wait until it's <laughs> uh, cheaper. But yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out the Invisible Man. I'm going to say it's two-thirds of a masterpiece and one-third of a disappointing exercise. Um, that's my uh, – we'll get into it here in a minute, but that's – I loved this movie in portions. I thought it was amazing. And then there were three things I think specifically I had sketched out that just – really bothered me so we'll get to that um i think we all liked it like we said we think you should probably see it maybe 20 dollars is a little too much but i will say uh out of all the movies we listed for 20 dollars, i think this is probably the movie you choose yeah if definitely you, yeah if you have 20 dollars to spend on prime video cinema um <laughs> yeah. choose that one instead of buying that 20 sack you want to throw it towards uh, Jeff Bezos's pocket, or you can give or, it to me, and I'll send you a DVD or a mystery DVD. Or you could watch Trolls World Tour. Or yeah, there you go, boom. All right, um, so we're gonna just spoil the shit out of this movie. Um, I'm gonna go run down the cast and the synopsis real fast. Um, Invisible Man, when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune. Uh, 
man, that I that's just, just a lot of spoilers in the synopsis. Okay, um, we're just gonna say this movie stars Elizabeth Moss as Cecilia, um, Oliver Jackson Cohen as Adrian Griffin, Harriet Dyer as Emily Cass, Aldous Hodge as James Lanier, and Storm Reed as Sydney Lanier. Lanier. Um, uh, maybe Michael Dorman as Tom Griffin is uh, another person we should mention. All right. Uh, this movie was directed and written by Lee Wanell. Um, you might know him from Upgrade. Do you guys watch Upgrade? Yeah. I have been meaning to for a while, but I have not seen it yet. But I recognize a lot of his sensibilities from the trailer of that movie in this movie. I am not familiar with Upgrade. If you like the action in this movie, holy mm-hmm. cow, watch Upgrade. It is like, I really love what he does where he stabilizes a shot on somebody's head during like a fist fight. I think that looks really neat. And they do that a couple times in the upgrade trailer. So that's definitely on my, my soon to watch list. I think the yeah, upgrade is a terrific movie. I think if you both like this movie, you would enjoy upgrade a lot. Uh, he's significantly a- less Scientologists. That's true. Upgrade. That is very true. Yes. Um, Insidious Chapter Three is another movie he already he also did. I have never seen a movie. I've never seen any of the Insidious outside of the first one, so I've never seen two and three. Neither of you, I'm guessing. I yeah, not a not an Insidious head. I've not seen any of them. Wow, okay. I'm really letting my movie knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, I've seen movies. <laughs> I've seen movies. Uh, I, I believe he also uh, wrote the first. He wrote um, a lot of the Saw movies. Okay. Uh, the first one, um, second one, I'm not going to go through, but he wrote a lot of the Saw movies. Um, okay, so let's get into the movie. Um, Paloma, give us your spoiler b- b- feelings. Um, it I I will say one of the things I liked the most about this movie is it gave me Gone Girl vibes, and I love Gone Girl, and I I like movies about women being terrorized and then killing their abusive partners. <laughs> I love movies where women are terrorized. Uh, and then kill their abusive partners. That's the important part. I walked me. out of the theater before that happened. <laughs> um, Drew, you better you better never uh, lift a hand on her. Let me just put it that way. You will yeah, be, end up in a pine The box. invisible Brian is coming for me. <laughs> All right, uh, Drew, what are your thoughts? I think that the 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 twists of the movie, because there are a couple, come in a bit predictably, but I don't think that that's necessarily the point of the movie. Um, the only part that, I wouldn't say, like, surprised me, but the last scene, for a little while, it's like, oh, where are they going with this? Like, is this going to give um, her boyfriend a redemption arc? And then it, you know, quickly becomes apparent what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, the the main thing I keep going back to in this movie, though, is the the hospital hallway fight scene is just like another level of amazing choreography. And um, just I I need to know how they shot a lot of that. Yeah, a behind the scenes or uh, commentary of this is going to definitely be on my list to watch because, mm-hmm. and it's just I would recommend upgrade too because, like I said, there's a lot of similar ideas in that. Um, yeah, I think dude the the first hour and fifteen minutes of this movie are intense, brilliant 
horror filmmaking. Um, I mean, the the way that he uses the camera to, like, there's multiple times where things move slowly and then move back and you're expecting something to be there and it's not. And it, it, in some way, it's more horrifying than a jump scare because your heart is, is pounding, you're, you know, you're kind of uneasy and intense and you know and part of me and part of me thought you know maybe this is all a ruse and she is crazy and i think that's kind of the brilliance of of the filmmaking is you know i know it's called the invisible man but maybe it's all in her head i mean maybe that's the twist i you know i really i wasn't sure where he was going with it and that kind of filmmaking is rare um especially when i think of what this movie was supposed to be with um Johnny Depp and kind of the idea behind it you know before um yeah th- it turns out that this movie um really 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 takes the genre to another level and like you mentioned the car- choreography and just the design um is just so well done for so little money i mean this movie was filmed on like a 6 million dollar budget and yeah. uh it's it's effective. It's really effective. Um, and going back to, to what you said earlier about just kind of like the, the style of it and that like first hour and 15 minutes, I love what they do with just like very wide shots of like an ordinary room, but it just like knowing from the first scene, there's this like menace to everything where you're like, Oh, Oh, I'm looking around like, cause you know, there's an invisible man. When's mm-hmm. it going to come into play? And then it happens. And once like, things start going awry everything is like oh that's that's gonna happen like this is something's gonna pop out here um and just like wide shot of a room your eyes constantly darting around trying to notice something moving and really getting you into that character's head um i think is is really really well done yeah that's great that's a great point and i i think that um the performance by elizabeth moss um i you know the way this movie starts out is, you know, most movies would start out with this, uh, we'd see him being domineering or him, you know, yelling at her or maybe being physically or emotionally or sexually abusive towards her. And the movie leaves all that up to the imagination from the very beginning. We see her, the fear in her face and her to have to slink out the door, be real quiet and run away. Um, and that was such an effective beginning because whatever I make up in my head about what he's done to her is way worse than anything they're going to be able to show on screen. And mm-hmm. the director knows it. And he's so smart. Um, I'm glad he wrote this movie as well because you can kind of feel um, he planned out these shots that you mentioned while he was writing it. And that's a – feel, Yeah, it does feel written around like a lot of the technical aspects. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that's a, that's a big advantage I think for Blumhouse and these small movies is that they give the directors, uh, the writers and the directors uh, either work really close together or they're the same person. Mm-hmm. And it just it, – it, it's an advantage to the filmmaking. But Elizabeth Moss I think does a terrific job in this movie. Um, uh, she's always been on my list of you know favorite actresses and really talented – actresses in uh hollywood and this movie i think just showcases that um paloma what did you think about her performance yeah i thought her performance was amazing i thought as you said the fact that it it, it's never really talked about all this stuff that he did to her 
and it's mainly like those scenes in her friend house in her friend's house where she's like scared to go outside to get the mail like by the mailbox because she's scared she might find him or like he might find her rather um I thought that was insane because like you truly put yourself in the position of someone who's so so scared of someone that like they used to live with until like 10 minutes ago um and it's incredible that they don't show any of that but you totally understand like the terrible thing she had to go through to be that scared to not even be able to step foot outside and fears that he might find her yeah and like a lesser movie would have shown all those things happening but I think it it trusts the audience enough to figure out that this guy really sucks based off of all the invisible suit stuff he's doing to her. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you kind of figure out that like, oh, yeah, he's, he's horrible. He's not a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, and the uh the mental like anguish that he does put her through. Like I think that um I think we can agree like the culmination um uh, that fight scene with her but like the before that when he like i just put myself in that position like when he smacks the the girl oh and God. like you just have like it's like oh man like she thinks that this person hit her you know like that's just yeah. heartbreaking you know i th- put yourself in that position it's like how can you people already think you're crazy and now you're abusing them in their mind yeah, it's you're just it's hitting someone it's terrible it's like i couldn't think of anything worse um you know and and then he kills her, her sister in front of her um yeah. which is just i mean that whole scene um i was i i, I you kind of felt like something was coming uh in that, oh, yeah. in that scene but i really wasn't sure how they would play it out um um and to be honest, I think that is kind of where the movie takes a, a turn into something that I maybe didn't enjoy as much. So um, I don't know if we want to if there's anything else you want to say about the first part of the of the movie, or we can go on. I think we hit most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 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 knife flying into her hand, um, and then her holding it. I just that was one thing that I just could not. Uh, I couldn't reconcile and I just didn't understand why he wrote it that way. I, I, I mean, I know she's in shock and maybe you guys can defend it in a way that I can't pass, but just the fact that, you know, there's a knife at the table and her his sister, her sister's throat is slashed. That's pretty damning enough. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I don't think that you needed to have it fly into her hand and her to hold it and just sit there. Um, and it's, yeah, it is weird because uh, it's otherwise like a very subtle movie in terms I, of like yep. the scares that it pulls and like the horrific things that happen. It's never like something jumping in front of the camera. It's like you see something like the 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 scene where the oven lights on fire with a frying pan. There's a uh, like a gas so fire. Good. Oh, oil fire. So good. It's like mm-hmm. you see it from very far away, but it's like, oh, I see what's going to happen. And it's like, you know, somebody's there and it doesn't. I feel like when it got into kind of like shock exploitation territory it got a little bit silly and campy for what otherwise wasn't a very like silly or campy movie yeah i also just didn't understand how all the people sitting at that restaurant did not see the <laughs> knife floating or that around there was no in space for like a solid a, like yeah. 10 seconds right yeah it, i'm that the, 
<laughs> like I feel like if the three of us were at dinner and I looked over Drew's shoulder and there was a knife floating there, uh, I wouldn't be the only one to see it. I feel like there would yeah, be probably not. You know, there'd be multiple people seeing it. Um, and but I, I get that you kind of have to have that moment, and it's kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and then you know, there's the the arrest, and I'm I kind I'm kind of glad they fast forward through some of that stuff because mm-hmm. it could get really drawn out, and it's like. You know, we're not here for this. You know, they lock her up in a, in a mental institution and, um, it, you know, things escalate from there. I, the, the only other thing that really, really bothered me um, uh, before we get to the end, because the end, there's parts of the not at the very, very end, but like the the main fight scene. Um, but whatever. The fact that, you know, she like. How did he know? Okay, she's pregnant, right? And yeah. she finds out she's pregnant. And so, did this guy just follow her around? Well, it ends up being his brother, but his brother is just chilling in the cell with her twenty four seven because he can't get out. How's he going to get out of the cell? Like, yeah, I don't know I, how to feel about the arc of the brother character because, I, yeah, like, that's... from the opening, like from his first scene, it's like, oh, he seems like way too good of a guy for it to be taken at face value <laughs> yeah but then you start to think like because like they they try to make you think like oh he's also being abused by like he he kind of gives her some sympathy and being like oh i understand what you're going through like i lived with him for however many years like i understand what like an abusive piece of trash he is yeah but then they just like remove that but then they don't yeah, it's like he – it's a half measure because either he's being forced to do this, right? And it, it all feels like it's to serve uh, the – the whole thing is to kind of swerve you so that you can have the reveal at the end um, when she pulls the mask off and it's her brother or it's his brother. You know, I feel, I feel like that's the whole purpose is to kind of – Yeah, throw, I feel like it, it tries a little bit too hard to have like three like, oh, what a twist moments where it's like, oh – it was the brother and maybe it was the brother the whole time, but it wasn't. And she has the invisible suit. It's like, there's a lot coming at you at once at the very end of the movie. A lot. Yeah, you're right. Like the last 20 minutes is just kind of jam packed with twists and turns. And I see my, my, I just, I don't, I'm not, okay. This is a movie about a guy who has an invisible suit on, but like, I, I don't, I, I just need some, a, a little, just a little bit of, of common sense realism in it and the fact that there was somebody with her 24 7 in this institution does uh does the guy never have to take a, a shit or piss like is he he's, yeah, he's, he's shit he's, he had a bathroom in the room though so i mean <laughs> i guess you're right she, she wakes up and there's a fat turd in the toilet just i mean i'm just trying to fit like yeah why would you lock yourself in the room with her like it just doesn't i i didn't like you know, and it's like she knows he's there. What if, what if she starts to try to fake kill herself, and he's not in the room? Like, yeah, I, like I, something I did think about then. I was like, yeah, okay. I feel like this would have been really unsatisfying, but I feel like it would also have been a good way to end the movie. It's just like lock her in a mental institution. She thinks this guy is in there with her, and he's just not. And that's it. She was crazy the whole time. Yeah, he kind of gave her too many opportunities to to figure this out. (laughs) Yeah, like, I feel like 
it seems like that's where it's pointing to at one point, and then it's just like, oh no, he's just been in there the whole time. Because what's a more like brutal end for her as a character than like? Oh, she's just crazy. Well, no, because so you have the reveal in the attic where like she sees him for the first time in the suit because she dumps the paint on him. Yeah. For him to like somehow frame her for a murder or a serious crime at that point, because he could have, because she was living in a house with people, and then is locked up for the rest of her life with her knowing her that that was true. Yeah. That like he was still alive and nobody else knowing. You know, granted, it is a movie, and I'm like applying <laughs> too yeah. much. Like this is what I would do if I was the Invisible Man. <laughs> I'm kind of getting scared. Yeah. I mean, but th- there is a there is a certain amount of common sense, though, and I, I think that in the script, the first that's what's kind of like more frustrating to me is this it, with this script that it is so well written, it is so well directed, and so well shot for these for two thirds of the movie, and then mm-hmm. out of and I kind of feel like unnecessarily out of nowhere, it goes into this really campy, um, unbelievable place for this just for the sake of doing it like you could have easily written it in a different way like you don't have to have her being why like why frame her for the murder isn't it enough to kill her sister like isn't it enough to because it's not like the crime would get solved yeah right exactly yeah exactly that's and so like i just think i was just weird to me like if you really and the other thing another part of this oh the other part of this that really bothered me (laughs) was if he really wants to be with her, why are you framing her for murder? Yeah. Like, and how the hell are you going to, is her brother going to make a phone or his brother going to make a phone call to get her out of jail? Like it just, it doesn't make sense. I don't care how powerful you are. If yeah, his, he has a little bit too much faith in his own planning. Yeah. 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 For like everything to have been to totally intentional. Out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, and so those are just two huge holes that, like, this movie could have been, and I'm not even joking, if, if this movie went in a different direction, I could see it easily being a, a four and a half, five star movie for me, because the first two thirds of the movie, I was just like, this is unbelievable, like, I haven't been this entertained or this, like, uneasy in a basic horror slash genre movie in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like engulfed in this movie and then immediately taking out of it by these two turns that just seem totally unnecessary. Um, yeah, I just, I don't get it. And, um, and then, you know, Willis, we could talk uh, about the, um, the ending. Um, do we not think that he could overpower her in the suit? Yeah, that seems like a bit of an oversight. Like, he has a suit that's not accounted for. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like if he'd planned everything so well as to have everything up to that point work out, is he really that stupid to think that she's just going to fall right back into his arms? Like, oh, you've been torturing me for months. You framed me for murder. <laughs> right. I was locked out. But, like, you're my saving grace. I love you so much. <laughs> right. Right. Hey, <a> buddy. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I mean, I guess at that point, as far as he's concerned, she's convinced that it was the brother because that's what like the entire world believes. Because um, they think that oh, his brother's dead, and he'd been like torturing him in the basement of his own home. So, um, so does he think that the that the brother has the hit the other suit hidden somewhere? Like that's yeah. I mean, that's still like kind of defies logic a little bit there. Yeah, um, I don't know. But also, like for for the direction that this movie takes. 
it's like the way it has to have like the the slay queen ending yeah um which right. like so like in given the direction that it takes i don't think that it it's not an unfitting ending but if it was the movie i wished it was all the way through it would have yeah, probably ended maybe a little more like ambiguously or kind of totally consistent with everything that like, comes before it more subtle even then like with everything that leads up to the final scene it's still way more like she's always the she's at odds with everything around her and it's like the one time she's like truly in power in a situation and it feels a little bit out of place um yeah i don't know it's like the character obviously deserves comeuppance at a certain point but it just felt like the ending of a different movie can I say that uh, really I love doing this and it's not a good uh, – I don't think it's necessarily good to do this, but it's just how my mind works. I I rewrote the end of this movie in a way because in my mind what I wish would have happened is that she would have gotten the suit and then we would have seen about 10 minutes at least of her torturing him. Yeah. Like isn't that the natural place that we kind of see her kind of become the antihero maybe – stretching things other than i mean obviously she becomes the antihero and cuts his, his fucking throat but yeah and like I, the cop friend you is can't like blame i can't her. believe you did that no 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 it, 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 not at all but i would love to see her devolve into a sense of madness where she uses yeah. the suit against him like other mm-hmm. than just cutting his throat i mean like literally yeah, just like torture him a little have a little fun yeah right i mean girls just want to have fun <laughs> right exactly i mean doesn't i don't know that to me seems like a logical play logical way to take the movie in the end and also tie it back in with like a a similar scene to what you see in the house that she's staying at like you know you have a long shot of he's like making himself lunch and you see something happening in the background like close up to him it's like oh like maybe not explicitly say that it's her in the suit but like somebody's torturing with the suit but like yeah obviously it's her it doesn't have to be explicit because i think the movie treats the audience pretty intelligently yeah yeah for a good portion of it for it to be like get so like stupid yeah and i think an even more um impactful ending would have been to maybe ruin his business or ruin him financially or you know take these things that give him so much power away from him right (laughs) i mean he's an optics guy Cut out his fucking eyeballs, like be brutal. He's sleeping with a screwdriver. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, but, I hate Igor. I can't do it. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So I, I mean, this movie kind of reminded me of, of. Have you ever seen the movie, the Steven Soderbergh movie, Unsane? No, but I remember you guys talking about it. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me of that movie a little bit. Um, this movie is honestly much better. I'm not a huge Soderbergh fan, and um, it's not his best fare. But I wish this was shot in an iPhone. <laughs> That's what it, that ultimately. I wish every what it, movie was shot in yeah. an iPhone. <laughs> um, but it, the, the just some of the the leaps in logic that kind of ruined Unsane for me. Um, uh, I found this here too, um, and it's unfortunate because Invisible Man. I mean, I still obviously recommend it, and I still think it's. Uh, fabulous well shot movie and it's i don't want anybody if they're listening and they don't care about spoilers to be turned off by anything that we said because i still think everybody should see this movie i think you'll enjoy it and i haven't seen a lot of movies this year for obvious reasons and this is one of the best ones i've seen so um i've got to say i don't 
granted I saw it in a theater, but I think it is the type of movie that is well served by seeing it in a dark room on a big screen. Not that anybody listening to this who hasn't already seen it has the ability to see it that way. <laughs> right. I mean, like you could always just turn the lights off in your and sit room. really close to the TV. Um, I mean, that's what we did. I, I have a theater, not a theater room. It's not an oh, theater. I, I have a, a, a nice setup in my basement where it's really dark and, um, you know, we watched it and it was, you know, it was nice. It was creepy. It was a good, it was a good horror movie. And um, I'm not often like got by spooky scenes in movies, but there are a couple moments here that like really got under my skin. And I think it's like genuinely a pretty frightening. Movie. Yeah. I honestly, one of the things I think is most interesting about this movie without like the perspective of like it being a horror movie, I think it's possibly one of the best depictions of like, mental like and emotional abuse towards oh, sure. women um like i think it's one of the best depictions of like how a woman deals with having endured something as terrible as like you know domestic violence and you know and any invisible sort of suits abuse i just saw it from that perspective and obviously elizabeth moss's performance really sold this but i thought that was a really interesting perspective we don't really get to see that often it's usually like more in like a sensationalist aspect of being like oh look he's beating her whereas here it's more like the mental like the repercussions yeah like it. the repercussions of how like terrorized she is by this man yeah so I, I, think, I think that's a very good point because when you think about you know uh, I, I think that in society in general, when we think about abuse, we focus a lot on physical and sexual for obvious reasons, you mm -hmm. know, but mental abuse, um, I don't, I'm not going to try to equate them to, uh, the other two, but it's just, uh, it's, it's just as painful. And it, sometimes it's harder to overcome because, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's hard to, I can I can treat the the physical aspect of it. I can we can we can nurture that. But if the mental games that even even you know the slightest control freak has over someone can really mess with someone going forward. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, I have family members who were in really 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 bad um, abusive situations, and there are things to this day. 25 30 years later that still affect them um that you you just you can't ever really really understand um mm -hmm. and you know i think that this movie did an excellent job you mentioned like in the jogging scene that is such a realistic scene to me like that is something that i know somebody who has been put in that position uh, has thought about and that's happening to some that to me is a real scene you know that's not that's not a, a dr dramatized or yeah. uh, exaggerated in any way yeah i definitely thought that that was one of the most powerful aspects of the movie and then again it gets kind of thrown out the window when it's going crazy like oh we're killing people and i'm know. in the asylum yeah <laughs> like i think that's thrown away a little and i wish that it had kept that up because I do think that it's one of the most interesting depictions of that sort of aspect of like abusive relationships that we've seen in any movie to totally like kind of 
shift where we're at with this movie. Elizabeth Moss's performance, at this current rate in the year of our Lord 2020, there aren't going to be a lot of people to nominate for Oscars at this going rate. Right, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying it's going to be interesting what happens. And, you know, she does a good job. She does a great job. My fourth favorite Scientologist. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, we have to count those down in a minute, but... um... Wait, first, did you know Michael Pena is a Scientologist? Did not know that. That is complete shock. (laughs) Okay. Um, Wow. Uh, thanks for ruining my day. I uh, uh, that's a that's an interesting uh, hypothetical you put forth there, uh, Drew. Because um, a lot of times movies that are released for Oscar bait at the end of the year, at this time of year, they're still being filmed. Some of them, um, yeah. And uh, you know, Hollywood shut down. Um, and with the Academy rules on the way movies have to get distributed to get nominated for Best Pictures, like Netflix originals, like whether it's Roma, The Irishman, Marriage Story, all to like meet the threshold of yeah, getting like nominated for have... Best Picture have to have a certain number of screens nationwide. And if that's impossible, like nothing's really going to Netflix. So I don't know what they're going to do. Trolls World Tour. Best Picture, <laughs> Trolls World Tour, hop on board. So we, we basically have Anya Taylor, Joy, and Emma, and um, Elizabeth Moss, and, uh, oh, and of course, Margot Robbie as uh, Birds of Prey. Bird, yeah. And Birds of Prey. Yeah, wow. That's, that's, yeah, that movie sucks, though. I'm just I, I'm just saying, this, this, these are going to be our nominees. We don't have yeah. a choice. And then, of course, Ben Affleck in The Way Back, and... Um, Vin Diesel and Bloodshot. KJ Apa. KJ and, Apa I and I still believe. And I still believe. Yeah, well, it's uh, who's who of um, powerful performances. This uh... Ben Schwartz, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> ben Schwartz. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, anything else you guys want to say about uh, the Invisible Man and Lee Wanell's uh, writing directing before we close out this episode? I think we covered it. I think we had an interesting conversation about this movie, and I have gained new perspectives on it that I hadn't really thought of before. Just just watch it, you know, if you want to spend $20. If you don't want to spend $20, wait and then watch it. (laughs) Wait and then watch it. I love it. Wait and then maybe buy it so you can keep it and watch the commentary. You know, I'm I'm holding out hope that um, some of these movies' prices drop because I really want to watch The Hunt. And yeah. uh, I don't want to pay twenty dollars for it, and I don't want to steal it. But um, I, I, I kind the of, hunt has already have has already had enough stolen from it. That is true. That is true. And I, I, I kind of want to watch um, Emma as well. I heard Emma was good. Yeah. I embarrassingly really want to watch. I still believe. Um, my I'm sure my wife probably wants to watch that. So maybe you guys I'm, can have a viewing party together. Yeah, I'm a sucker Girl's for night. terrible movies like that i have a poster of five feet apart in my room oh my god which i will have to say awfully ahead of its time they have, <laughs> That's to, they have to stand six feet apart from each other and they steal one foot from the six feet because they're in love oh god um, there is going to be a huge uptick in social distance based student films in the next oh couple God. years yes. they're all going to be the worst things you've ever academy seen academy award for me for the movie i'm making right now in my house yeah there's uh yeah that and there's probably going to be a bazillion uh quarantine contagion uh zombie slash apocalyptic movies that come a out a bunch of way worse it comes at nights oh yeah exactly yeah. exactly i saw i saw a thread on twitter the other day about 
like how different directors would make a, a, a movie about coronavirus and it was it was great great content Should, actually it was in spanish never mind it was in spanish sorry um uh, hey i um yo quiero taco bell how about that <laughs> Don't get a star. Uh, hey, uh, actually, I you know I worked in the restaurant industry for a long time, um, and I loved singing songs to my coworkers um, in in Spanish. Um, <laughs> so, um, donde esta es mi caballo? Donde esta es mi caballo? Verga! That's the new theme song. Yeah. Oh so that was one of my favorite songs to sing, and. Um, uh, Yo quiero mi amor, es su casa ranchero. Uh, I don't even know if that makes sense. You don't even need to to kind pay of. for Fiverr to do this theme song for you. <laughs> you can do it yourself. Wait, wait, Paloma, do you want to translate what I sang? Uh, wait, can you sing it again? Uh, which one? The second one. Uh, yo quiero mi amor, es su casa ranchero. You said... Um, I want my love. His house is a ranch. <laughs> yes, yes. Loosely. Loosely, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> he has a ranch house. I, I want my love. That was, beautiful. <laughs> that was That's moving. the American dream. I'm in tears. My Hispanic cohorts loved it, so uh, they'd call me, they'd call me ranchero all the time. Um, in so, Ringo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, guys, thank you um, for this fun episode. This is I've laughed a lot and cried a little. Um, so this has been Ryan, a lot of fun. it's been an honor. Um, yeah. I, I, maybe we'll um, we'll have something else to, to review. I don't know. If you guys come up with anything, let me know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, for now, um, hold tight. Uh, stay safe. You know, what, what, are, what are some of the covid 19 talking points um, wash your hands wash your hands don't touch your face uh don't hoard toilet paper don't hoard toilet paper or um or um um sanitary napkins i've heard that's a problem um uh, yeah, i've been wiping with tampons <laughs> I, I, hey i don't I'm, i don't know this is i'm just this is what my wife told me this i'm just you know <laughs> um uh, Reuse, uh, re, reuse um, uh, your your M95 masks. Don't uh, sell them on the internet. In every email, you have to mention the unprecedented circumstances. Those two words uh, that we currently <laughs> are experiencing. These trying times. Yes. That's you- what I say to my professors when I'm like, hm, not going to be able to complete this assignment. These trying times are really hard We're on me. They're proving difficult. Uh, they just canceled school in Ohio, so... Um, Hopefully we get some more listeners forever. School's out forever. I'm pretty sure overall podcast charts have been down since people aren't commuting and like going to the gym. Well, thanks for ruining my day, Drew. I'm just kidding. I'm pulling your leg. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the call to pop. We will catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.